now. So we're recording this program. If you do not wish to be recorded, then uh, you know, please don't uh, ask any questions or make any comments. Otherwise, we're going to be recording this. It'll be available on our YouTube site by the end of the week. And in order to access our YouTube site or to access this PowerPoint, which, as Sarah mentioned, is now posted on the website, just go to www.nursinghome411.org. That is our website. You can see it here at the bottom of the screen as well. If you have any problems during the course of the program, uh, you could either put them, uh, write them in the bubble. It should be on the top right of your screen. Or you can uh, email Sarah, S-A-R-A, at L-T, as in Tom, C-C-C, Dot org, and she can uh, endeavor to help you with that. But again, the PowerPoint is already on our website online, nursinghome411.org, and we'll be posting this program as a YouTube, you know, on our YouTube channel, excuse me, uh, which is accessible through the website as well. There's a little YouTube icon when you go to nursinghome411.org. Before I begin, I wanted to thank the New York State Health Foundation, which has made these programs possible. Uh, we really appreciate it. And then lastly, before we get started, we always endeavor to provide as much information to you as possible in these programs. So, But please note, as I just said, everything is available for free on our website. You are more than welcome to use it, download it, um, share it with your colleagues or in your communities, resident councils, family councils, ombudsman programs. Uh, and with other advocates, et cetera, we want to make this available. So I'm going to go through a lot of materials, but again, the backup will be there for you to access them on your own. And we're here as much as possible to answer questions uh, for you. So here we go. Without further ado, a little bit about, well, let me start from the beginning. Sorry about that. Today, we're going to be talking about finding and using information online on nursing home quality, staffing, inspection results, et cetera. This is a big issue as people have to make decisions often quite quickly for their nursing home residents or for themselves, uh, for a loved one, for placement, uh, for Amazon programs and others who advocate for nursing home residents. There is a lot of information out there. We're going to try to work through and provide you some of the, uh, some of the information and some of the resources and discuss them in a way that hopefully will be valuable to you now and in the future. So a little bit about the Long-Term Care Coalition and about me. We are a nonprofit organization. We're dedicated to improving care and quality of life for people in nursing homes and in assisted living. Most of our work is focused on policy analysis and systems advocacy. So, for instance, a lot of the work that we'll be talking about today, a lot of the data are things that I use and that we use to assess what is going on in nursing homes and to identify ways in which care and quality of life can be improved for nursing home residents. We use that, uh, as we're doing today, to educate consumers and families and ombudsmen and other stakeholders about what is going on in nursing homes and in assisted living and adult homes, and to help equip people to be able to advocate for themselves in that situation. In those situations, excuse me. Uh, my name again is Richard Mollett. I joined LTCCC in 2002, and I've been the executive director here since 2005. So a little bit over 15 years ago was when I started, November of 2002. What are we going to be talking about today? So first, we're going to be talking about Nursium Compare. That's the federal website. It's the main resource available to the general public to policymakers, by that I mean governors and legislators, et cetera, and to consumers, families, ombudsmen, people who work with them on nursing home quality, staffing, et cetera. We're going to talk about the five-star rating system. That's part of Nursing Home Compare. It uh, about, I guess, about a half dozen years or so ago, uh, approximately, the CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, they instituted the five-star rating system for Nursing Home Compare, and that is to enable families and residents and those who work with them to have a quicker and, I think, easier understanding of the relative quality of nursing homes in their community and in their states. 
Uh, we're going to talk about what to look for when evaluating a facility online. We're going to talk about some of the changes that are underway to Nursing Home Compare to make it a better and more reliable resource. And then lastly, and a significant focus of today's program, we'll be talking about what we are putting together on our website for the public, uh, particularly for consumers and those who work with them on nursing home quality, oversight, uh, indicators of quality that we think are important. And we'll talk about a couple of other websites as well that might be useful. Again, as I mentioned before, uh, we want to provide as much useful content to you as possible for your work, but everything is available for free on our website, including all the information I just mentioned, but even the um, the PowerPoint here and any of the program materials, our fact sheets, et cetera, are all available to anyone to use for free. So there's no need to take a lot of notes. You're welcome to have copies of this, et cetera. So a little bit about Nursing Home Compare and the five-star rating system. I included the web address here. It's medicare.gov forward slash nursing home compare. If you just do a search in Google or another um, web browser for Nursing Home Compare, that should bring it right up. But you want to make sure that you go into medicare.gov nursing home compare. Uh, there are strengths and weaknesses to Nursing Home Compare that we'll talk about today. But in our estimation, it is by far the most valuable and accurate resource for identifying, uh, for getting insights, I should say, into nursing homes in your community and identifying, you know, comparative strengths and weaknesses of the nursing homes that you may be looking at or may be living. So what I'm going to do in the next couple of slides is to take you through a query. What does it look like when you go to Nursing Home Compare and what kind of information is available there? So this is the front page of Nursing Home Compare. Uh, again, medicare.gov forward slash Nursing Home Compare. And you could find the nursing home. You could put in the state name. You could put in a town or a city that you're interested in looking. So it could be your town or city. It could be, say, you live in New York, but your parents are in Fort Lauderdale. You could put in Fort Lauderdale. Or you could put in a zip code, and that will give you nursing homes in the area. And then you could actually, if it brings back a lot of nursing homes, for instance, if you're in uh, New York City area or, or another area with a large metropolitan population, you can further narrow it down from there. But this is the, the basic screen that you get, and it's fairly easy to use. So what I did is I put in uh, Middletown, New York. That's actually an area in our where we have an Amazon program. So 10 nursing homes came up within 25 miles from the center of Middletown, New York. And I just want to go a little bit more slowly here just to give you a sense of what you're, what you're seeing. You can see on the right-hand side, you can look at a map view. You can also modify your search. So if I looked for, for instance, Queens, New York, I would probably come up with, I want to say, about 200 nursing homes easily within 25 miles. So I can refine my search on the right-hand side if I get too much information. And here you see on the left, under the blue tent, under the blue line, uh, you can see the information, uh, what you're getting in terms of the five-star rating system. So the five-star rating system is broken up into several different components. We have the overall rating, which is the second column after the name. So here we have on the left-hand side, Highland Rehabilitation and Nursing Center was the first nursing home that came up of these 10 nursing homes within 25 miles. You can't see it all but just to give you a sense. And then it gives you the overall rating, two stars, the health inspection rating, which is also two stars, the staffing rating, which is three stars, and the quality measure rating for this nursing home, which is four stars. And if you were to scroll down, if you went to this on your web, on your web browser, you can actually see, you can sort by health inspections high to low, by staffing high to low, et cetera. So it gives you a lot of good options to get a sense of the nursing homes in your community and what their basic star ratings are. Excuse me. So here going into looking at the what I did was excuse me, I clicked on the profile for nursing for, for Highland Rehabilitation and Nursing Center. And that's the one we're going to talk about today. So you can see on the left hand side, it shows you the map. And you can look and you can see you can get directions to the nursing home. Very easy, I think, 
to find out what is going on there. And then the first arrow, the top arrow on the right-hand side, I pointed to all the different tabs, and we'll talk about these, but you can look at very easily the general information about the nursing home, what we're seeing here. You can look at health inspections, the fire safety inspections, the nursing home staffing levels, the quality measures, what they call quality of resident care, and then penalties. And then further down below that, it gives you information about the nursing home. Does it take Medicare and Medicaid? Yes, it does. Does it have an automatic sprinkler system in all required areas? Yes. Now, that is a very important issue. It's something that people don't often look at, but we unfortunately have experienced some really serious fires in nursing homes in this country uh, and across the country over the years. So there are requirements now that nursing homes have an automatic sprinkler system. Uh, this tells you if that nursing home is in compliance, and I would say that's very important. No one thinks a fire is going to happen in their home or in their nursing home, but it does happen, and you could just imagine in the nursing home situation how vulnerable people are when there is a fire or other emergency. Also on this little, um, in this area on the nursing home information, you can see if it has a resident council and or a family council. And the right-hand column, it says resident council only. Now, that doesn't mean that the resident council or if it's indicated the family council is active. It just means that it exists. Uh, that can be useful if you're looking at a nursing home. I would certainly recommend speaking to, if you can, members of the resident council or of the family council because they could provide good insights. Having a resident council and having a family council are associated with better care in a nursing home. So that's important. Well, and I certainly, every family member that's on, uh, on the call today, uh, anyone who's working with families or residents, especially our long-term care ombudsman, we strongly recommend uh, working with and joining wherever possible, the resident and or the family council. On the right-hand side, just before I continue, you can see I put an orange box, where should mama go? This was a study that was done, I think it was about 10 years ago now, and what the study found was that rating systems, such as this one, but generally speaking, they are much better at identifying problem facilities than potentially good homes. What does that mean? That means that if you have a one-star facility or a two-star facility, there is a high likelihood that there are some problems there. On the other hand, if you have a four-star facility or a five-star facility, that does not necessarily mean that there's going to be good care or that it's going to be a safe place for residents to live and to get care. So just something to keep in mind that even when you have a good rating system, when it comes to nursing homes, when it comes to the kind of data that are indicative of a nursing home's quality, uh, et cetera, and safety, uh, dignity, quality of life, that we're really looking at, from my point of view especially, is looking to see what are the places that we should be concerned about and not considering it as this study showed, not considering it that, oh, it's a five-star five -star nursing home, automatically it's going to be a really good place to get care. That's just unfortunately not the case. Lastly, on this slide, excuse me, we also, um, Nursing Home Compare also includes ownership information. So you can see this nursing home, and I just picked it randomly when I did this search. Uh, it's a for-profit nursing home. And it provides um, here the legal business name of the nursing home, HRNC, operating as a limited liability company. We see that a lot, especially in New York, that nursing homes are owned by limited liability companies. We'll talk a little bit more about ownership later on. So moving right along, I want to talk next about the health inspections. These are the results of surveys or inspections. Now, as many of you know, nursing homes are surveyed approximately once a year. The requirement is that a state have an average inspection rate of every 12 months, but nursing homes, individual nursing homes, may be inspected within a 9 to 15 month period. So essentially these are annual inspections. The reason why there is that 9 to 15 month window 
is really because these inspections are supposed to be a surprise. They are not supposed to be, uh, it's not supposed to be a situation where the nursing home knows that it can expect a survey to happen, say, every March of, of the year or here, you know, every January. Unfortunately, what we have found and what other studies have shown is that nurse, the nursing home inspections of surveys, in fact, do tend to be pretty regular and uh, that, unfortunately, too often uh, nursing homes are aware of when they're going to be inspected. And we hear that anecdotally as well from residents and families and ombudsmen that they um, that, that their facility is aware when a when inspection is coming. And in fact, there was a report that came out. Uh, I believe it was either yesterday or today. I just learned about it this morning that a uh, an individual in the state survey agency in Florida is facing jail time, and possibly other people are facing jail time as well because she was uh, allegedly taking kickbacks from nursing homes to let them know when the so-called surprise inspection or survey was actually coming. So it's something that, uh, that people should certainly be aware, aware of. So moving ahead, this is, again, it tells you at the top here, under the name of the nursing home, Highland Rehabilitation and Nursing Center, it gives you on all these tabs the overall rating. So it's an overall two-star rating. And then below, you can see, excuse me, the health inspection rating is also for this facility two stars. The next, and I, I put an arrow by it, you can see what the results were from the standard health inspection. You could view the full report there, and you can, re, you can read the reports and download them from the last three inspection cycles, the last three years that are available on Nursing Home Compare. Another nice thing that Nursing Home Compare does is it tells you the number of citations that the facility had and it tells you what the average is for your state uh, here in New York and what the average is for the United States, the average number of citations. We're just talking about health citations here for the facility, uh, excuse me, for the state and for the country as compared to what the facility has. So here you can see that this facility was not cited at all uh, in the last inspection cycle, that the average for New York is five per nursing home, and the average nationwide is 7.2. Next, it tells you whether or not there's been a complaint survey. Now, complaints have gone up in recent years, and this is, you know, something that we should all be aware of because it's another way of looking at or identifying the quality of nursing homes and how to, um, and the extent to which they're being held accountable. So here there is no complaint inspections, but um, number of complaints in the past three years that resulted in a citation, the last line that I, for which I have an arrow was four. So that seems to me to be uh, pretty high. I'd be interested in, in what's going on there in terms of the complaints. Number of times in the past three years, a facility reported issue resulted in a citation zero. What that means is they're looking at what the facility itself reported. Now, facilities are required to, to report to the state agency, to the New York State, that's the Department of Health, when there is a problem. Keep in mind that nursing homes have a, uh, a serious, I would say, a, a profound duty to ensure that their residents are safe and that they are provided the appropriate care to meet their needs. So a facility, because they have really so much control over a resident and his or her life, they are required to report when there has been a problem. The next we're gonna move on to staffing. And what I'm trying to do here, obviously, you know, in an hour we don't have time to dig in to what is going on underneath it to look at a statement of deficiencies, et cetera. I do recommend doing that, especially if you are an advocate or an ombudsman, uh, to look into the statements of deficiencies because they do provide, I think, really useful insights into what is going on in a nursing home and what was identified. We do a lot of that in the work that we do, so hopefully um, our resources will make it easier for you to to get some insights into what is going on with nursing homes. But it is, if you are an advocate, if you are an ombudsman, I think those are very, very useful resources. So next we're gonna talk about staffing. Now as CMS notes here, staffing on the right-hand side, higher staffing levels in a nursing home 
may mean higher quality of care for residents. Uh, I would say that may mean is an understatement. I mean, study after study has shown that higher staffing levels are associated to an incredibly important extent with greater care. So, you know, I don't know of too many nursing homes, I don't know of any nursing homes actually that have too much staffing. There is, as studies have shown, there's at some point at which having more staffing does not result in in better care or better outcomes for residents, but the large majority of nursing homes are unfortunately way below that, and that's not my opinion. That's actually studies that have come out by the Government Accountability Office, by the Office of Inspector General, by studies that my organization and academics have conducted over the years that have found that uh, many, many nursing homes don't have the staffing levels necessary to provide good care. So to my mind, what I tell people is to look at staffing. Staffing is one of the indicators that is so closely associated with good care, with good quality of life, with the ability to live with dignity for nursing home residents that is important to look at. So here you can see, again, this nursing home, the overall rating listed above here is two stars, and then you look below, uh, the staffing rating for this nursing home was three stars, which means it had average staffing. As I note on the right-hand side, and this is very important, staffing information on Nursing Home Compare is currently self-reported by facilities and is not audited by either the state or the federal government. So we and others have had long-standing concerns that the, this information may often be inflated. Uh, because the higher staffing, you know, nursing homes realize and the industry as a whole realizes that having more staffing is associated in the public mind, rightfully so, I would say, with good care. So too often we are uh, concerned that there is an inflation of those numbers. We'll talk more about what CMS is doing to address that issue. Uh, we're, we're seeing, uh, for instance, and we'll talk about this, that CMS is moving towards using a payroll-based journal system, a database system uh, that comes from what nursing homes actually pay their staff ra rather than what they self-report, and that that payroll-based system, which is going into, coming into place now, excuse me, is um, auditable, and it's based, again, on what nursing homes have actually paid their staff uh, in terms of, um, you know, for people who are, who are there as nurses, as LPNs, as CNAs, etc. So moving back here, uh, we'll move along quickly, but this nursing home has an average according to the five-star system, but Nursing Home Compare also gives you some details. So here you can see the total number of residents in this facility, in the state, and nationwide. So this nursing home, for New York State, it's a pretty small nursing home. It has 90 staff. New York State average is 163, excuse me, 90 residents. And New York State, the average resident census is 167. The national average is 85. So New York's nursing homes are, as you can see here, about twice the average in terms of number of residents. We have nursing homes here that have from, you know, up to five, six, seven hundred residents in their facilities. That's something that is quite unusual across the country. So, for instance, we have more more residents, more nursing home residents than any other state. The next closest state is California, which has uh, a little bit less. I think we have like 1.2 million residents, and California has, I think, about a million, if I remember correctly. But they have twice as many nursing homes as we do here in New York. So this varies significantly. It's important because it gives this gives you a sense of, well, how are we equalizing that? Because if I have a nursing home with 700 residents and I have a, re a nursing home with 80 residents, it's going to make a big difference if I have two RNs on staff in a 700-bed nursing home as opposed to having two RNs on staff in a 70- or 80-bed nursing home. So that's why it's important to equalize it. The way we equalize it, generally speaking, and what Nursing Home Compare does here is they compute it as hours per resident per day. So you can see below, under, underneath the total number of residents, the total number of licensed nurse staff hours per resident per day. 
In this nursing home, it's one hour and 55 minutes. The New York average is slightly less, and the national average is slightly less. So any nursing home, just to backtrack, any nursing home, if you went to Medicare.gov, Nursing Home Compare, after this call and after this webinar, and you said, you know what, I'm going to look up and see what's going on in my nursing home, you can see very easily not only what's going on in your nursing home, but how that compares with the state and the national average. Nursing Home Compare further breaks it down into RN hours per resident day, that's registered nurse, LPN or LVN hours per resident day, that's licensed practical nurse, and then the CNA hours per resident per day. So a couple of quick uh, things to mention here. CNAs, the certified nurse aides, they provide about 90% of resident care. So they are an incredibly important component. Uh, and having sufficient CNAs is very important for resident quality of life and for quality of care. More and more, um, though, we're seeing that uh, studies are indicating that it's the RN hours that is also very, very important. RNs have a very special and important role in the nursing home environment. Too often, as many of you know, doctors are not frequently in nursing homes or not frequently visiting residents in nursing homes. So it's the RN that typically is the individual who is able to conduct an assessment of a resident and who is able to provide that professional level of, of a care and, again, of assessing a resident that is so important. And I say that assessment is important because when you think of a typical resident who may be getting care, maybe getting rehab services or maybe getting long-term care services, Again, a lot of that care will be provided by a CNA, could be provided by uh, staff that is doing therapy services, but it's the RN who is um, the one who is able to say, hmm, something is going on with Ms. Jones. Maybe we need to bring in a doctor, or maybe she needs to go to a hospital, uh, or maybe we should be checking her medications and doing some sort of evaluation and bringing in other people as far, you know, in terms of the care planning team. So that's where the RN comes in, and that's why it's so important. And I, I believe that's why we're seeing in some of the clinical studies that the RN levels is, uh, is a very important indicator of the quality of care in a nursing home. Next, I'm going to move on to the quality of resident care, what we call the quality measures. Uh, it, it sounds like we're getting some static, so I'm going to, I apologize, I'm going to unmute and mute everyone because I think we had some people who joined us uh, after I muted the call. Thanks. Uh, uh, sorry for that interruption. So as I note here on the sidebar in orange, uh, I personally, we don't uh, uh, generally give much credence to the quality measure ratings. We've actually had a debate this week on this, about this on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash LTCCC. Uh, there's been some, you know, a number of studies out and one that we had recently posted, which engendered that conversation about the, uh, the, which found, I should say, that facilities were inflating some of their quality measures. As I note here, historically, these quality measures have been self-reported by a facility, and like I just said about staffing, not verified by either the state or the federal government in terms of their accuracy. So, for example, as I note here, this is, again, a two-star overall rating. You can see on the upper left-hand side, a two-star overall rating facility, yet, as we noted earlier on in an earlier slide, this facility had four stars for its quality of resident, resident care, its quality measures. What does that mean? What, do, what does that imply? And that's something that I, unfortunately, in my own work, see quite often when I get a call from a reporter or when I'm speaking to ombudsmen or advocates and we're talking about a facility or a group of facilities with a common owner that sometimes, you know, I'll notice that there's a, you know, there are a number of one- or two-star facilities and that the quality measures could be four or five stars. So I tend to ignore that, uh, generally speaking. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later 
uh, as well. This is just really to give you an introduction. Now, what you can see below, I just copied a little bit. If you look under Show Graphs, for each of the quality measures, CMS provides what the nursing home reported, again, what the state average is, and what the national average is. So that's at the bottom here. Uh, so here, just a couple of the first ones that they show, percentage of short-stay residents who improved in their ability to move around on their own. And CMS notes higher percentages are better. So here, this facility reported that they had 72.8% of their resident, short-stay residents, excuse me, who improved in their ability to move around on their own. That's higher than both the state and the national average. But again, I think this is a good example of what does that mean. That is something that is really subjective. So, um, you know, it, it raises concerns for me as someone who's an advocate and someone who does research on these issues that, well, if it's a subjective measure, then that is, by definition, it's really someone's opinion rather than being something that may necessarily be grounded in fact. Uh, the next one is percentages of short-stay residents who are re-hospitalized after a nursing home admission, lower percentages are better. You can see this facility actually is a bit higher than the state and the national average. So that is something that is based upon the insurance claims rather than being based on, on subjective, excuse me, subjective self-reporting. So it's those claims-based data that we and other advocates fought for inclusion in nursing home compare. We're starting to see them included in the past couple of years. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on, but I just wanted to point out this discrepancy between what is self-reported and unaudited by facilities and then what is you know, some of the new measures that have been included that are based upon insurance claims. And just to clarify again, one is really an opinion or more subjective in terms of its reporting. And the other one, when we talk about insurance claims, it's that there was a claim made because the, the resident was re-hospitalized. So that's something that is not someone's opinion. It's actually based upon hard facts. Uh, lastly, in terms of just the overall panels, I want to talk a little bit about ownership. So the earlier slide when we looked at the general information for Highland Rehab, and again, I just picked this nursing home randomly when I did a search for Middletown, New York. The, this, you can click on, on that initial slide, ownership information, and it gives you now 5% or more ownership in the facility. So you can see exactly who is an owner here in this facility. And that's true for every nursing home in the country. Now, not all nursing homes, I should say just one caveat, not all nursing homes do a good job of reporting, unfortunately, so you may not always see good information here. It is a, uh, a market improvement that we and other advocates fought for in um, when the Affordable Care Act, so-called Obamacare, was being uh, was being promulgated in 2009, 2010, and again when the Impact Act was passed a couple of years later to get better information and better transparency about nursing home ownership. So I would say this is a small step. Why is it a small step? Because uh, too many nursing homes, in my opinion or from our view, are uh, they're owned by limited li liability corporations. Some of them have different names. There is not a great ability for us as members of the public to connect different owners together, even when they have. So some of these people, for instance, I don't know, I have not looked at, at you know, into them individually, but some of them may own other nursing homes. How do we connect? How are we looking to see whether someone is an owner of good nursing homes or someone is an owner of nursing homes that are not um, not, not performing well, not putting money into staffing, et cetera. That's very, still remains very difficult to do, but this does give you some insights into who actually the ownership is. And um, for, especially for ombudsmen and community-based and state-based advocates, this can be very useful information to find out what is going on and if your community, excuse me. And if you are a resident council or a a family council or you're working with residents or family councils, this also can help you know who should we be addressing some you know some of the issues in our nursing home if they are not being addressed by 
the um, you know senior care staff and by the, by the administrator that's in the nursing home. This allows you to find out well who owns this nursing home and what's going on there. So I want to talk a little bit about what's going on, and I brushed on this um, uh, as we were talking about some of the specific tabs and pages on that nursing home's website. So two things are going on to, I would say, improve the, the validity and the value of the information provided to us as members of the public on Nursing Home Compare. One is related to the quality measures. As I mentioned earlier, We've long been concerned about the validity of those quality measures. Uh, I just included one, uh, one, one snippet from a New York, uh, excuse me, New York Times investigation from 2014, which found that, quote, even nursing homes with a history of poor care rate highly in the areas that rely on self-reported data. Uh, and there have been, as I said, a number of studies that, that have found that. Uh, as well as, as I also mentioned, uh, my own, you know, experience and, and anecdotal data in terms of looking at nursing homes and seeing that sometimes I'll come across a nursing home that has one or two stars overall, one or two stars perhaps for its uh, inspection results and five stars for its quality measures. Well, something I would say is going on there. To address these concerns that we've raised that, and certainly that the New York Times raised, which made a big big difference, CMS is now using the following in the five-star quality rating system. These are all, as I was talking about before, claims-based measures. So they're not subjective. They're really based upon insurance claims. One is the percentage of short-stay residents who were successfully discharged to the community. The second is the percentage of short-stay residents who have had an outpatient emergency department visit. And lastly, the percentage of short-stay residents who are re-hospitalized after a nursing home admission. That's, that's the one that we spoke about a little bit earlier. So, you know, these are all important measures, discharge back to the community that people were able to get out of the nursing home and go back into the community, hopefully successfully. Um, and then, of course, going to an emergency room or going back to a hospital, that is an indicator that um, perhaps the resident wasn't ready to be admitted to the nursing home or the nursing home was not providing the care that the resident needed uh, in order to stay there. Secondly, in terms of improvements to nursing home compare, and we'll talk more about this, is that the CMS is now requiring that nursing homes report their staffing based on auditable payroll-based journal data, called PBJ data, easy to remember. Uh, these data were first made public made available, excuse me, to the public in November of 2017, just last month on a separate database. We have been told by CMS that they will be part of Nursing Home Compare uh, sometime in 2018. So as I mentioned before, the Nursing Home Compare information on staffing, if you go right now, if you, you know, go in the, at least in the next couple of weeks or, or next month or two, that will still be the self-reported staffing information. We will certainly let people know. You can go to our website. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. We will let people know as soon as that information is incorporated in Nursing Home Compare, that payroll-based journal information. But for the time being, it's still that self-reported data. Uh, just very, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that because we're posting some of that data on our website for you to use. But just very quickly, I wanted to talk about a few other resources that are available before we talk about what's available on nursinghome411.org, our website. One is that Nursing Home Compare has data sets. One reason why I included this here is because that's what I use and that's what we use when we put together the data uh, that we make available on our website. So, you know, when you go to our website and you see that information, we always include a link back to this. Why is that? Because I don't want people to say, oh, I just saw it on LTCCC. I don't know where else it came from. It's always, it's always comes back to these data sets. So we want to make sure that we are as clear and as accurate as possible in the information that we give you. And that information, again, always comes from the Nursing Home Compare data. Secondly, and lastly, before we move on to Nursing Home 411, there's another terrific website. ProPublica is a uh, as a reporting organization, 
It does investigations and reporting in the public interest. And one of the things that they have on their website is Nursing Home Inspect. So you can find out a lot of really good information about nursing homes in your state and in your community and even look up your own individual nursing home if you're working in a resident or, or with a resident or family council or if you're an ombudsman. So you can find out about nursing homes deficiencies. You can find out about fines. You can find out about payment suspensions, other penalties that are uh, when a nursing home is found to have not met minimum standards. What I did here is I just looked up uh, for New York, and you could see what comes up. So here um, we talked about payment. We looked at payment suspensions. Excuse me, number seven over here. There were seven payment suspensions uh, that are listed here for New York, and it shows you that on the left-hand side of the column the name of the nursing home, the city, how many serious deficiencies a nursing was was found to have the level of fines, and the total deficiencies for that nursing home. So you can see, and these are sortable. Again, so it's another way of looking at information online, and we use this resource as well. So without further ado, I'm going to spend the rest of the program talking about some of the things that we have available on our website in relationship to the data information on nursing homes, individual nursing homes, and nursing homes by state, et cetera. You can find that information on our website. Again, it's nursinghome411.org in one or two ways. Uh, we post everything under, if you look at the first top arrow, LTC Law and Quality. So everything is posted on that page. Secondly, under Recent News, anything that we've newly uh, posted comes up there. So two ways of looking, you could always check just by going to our homepage and seeing you know, what's new, or you can go to LTC Law and Quality, and also, which I didn't mention, there's a little search thing on the side, a little eyeglass. You, know, eye you can uh, you can use that to search for um, through the website as well. So one of the things we did here is we released recently. This is November 30th, so just about two weeks ago, we released an update and issue alert on the prevalence of antipsychotic drugging in nursing home residents. So what we'll often do, and I encourage you to, again, to be friends with us on Facebook because we post things there, to follow us on Twitter or to, um, to join one of our um, listservs or to be on our alert list, is that we will send this out whenever we post new information. And I try to do it uh, every quarter or every half year or annually based upon the information to make sure that it's not and we're not giving out too much information that it becomes overwhelming for people, but that when new useful information is posted, that we are putting it together for you in as useful a way as possible. So here we posted a antipsychotic drugging data. The federal government had given us, uh, us and other advocates, we actually get these data through California Advocates for Nursing Home Reform, which gets it directly from CMS in a uh, nicely um, formatted database, which we then use to make it hopefully easier for you to find your individual nursing homes. But what I did here is we, we did this issue alert, and you could see by each of these arrows the different data that we that we put out. So we did the issue alert, um, which explains about antipsychotic drugging, why it's a significant issue. We provide the drugging rates for every nursing home in the country. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We provided drugging enforcement data. So at the same time as these new quarterly data came out from CMS, the Census for Medicare and Medicaid Services, we also looked up the enforcement data from that Nursing Home Compare website, and we put together the data for every state. And then also I want to mention uh, here, and I'll mention to you, we have a Dementia Care Advocacy Toolkit. So I wanted to include here in our alert what we make available for the community and for stakeholders to improve care and to undertake resident-centered advocacy related to the information that we're putting out. So what we have on the website here, you can see this is the nursing home, antipsychotic drugging rates, and drugging citations. So here we have the data for each state. So if you're looking at uh, if you're advocating on a state level, if you're looking to see what's going on in your state, uh, perhaps you're talking to a state legislator or someone in Congress uh, in your community, you can use this information to find out what is going on in your state and how does that compare to other states. So here we have the number of residents, the antipsychotic drugging rates, 
the number of citations, the rankings. So we've ranked it all uh, in terms of the level of drugging within the state of antipsychotic drugging and the level of citations. How often are the states citing in comparison to the rate of drugging? Then this gets back to the data provided directly by CMS. We have here, this is our latest data, this is for 2017 Q3, that's the last full quarter uh, of 2017 as of now. We provide an explanation, as you can see here, of what these data are. And then, as you can see, for every single state, so I just included in the picture I took of the, of the website here, Alabama and Alaska, but it goes down, so you can click on any one of these tabs and you can download, view or download the data for your state. And I'll show you what we did. This is for, for New York, and this is, the again, the antipsychotic drugging rate for the third quarter of 2017. So you can see by facility name, you can see by the Medicare number, which we include just for, uh, for background purposes, you can look by county, you can look by zip code, and then we have the percent of residents who are receiving antipsychotic drugs and the percent of residents who are not receiving antipsychotic drugs. And those, all these columns are sortable. So you can do, you can look for your state alphabetically by facility name. You can look alphabetically and collect by county. So if you're a regional ombudsman, for example, you can look to see what's going on in your regions. If you are working with family members or you are a family member, you can see, well, I live in Bronx County. How does my nursing home compare to other facilities in the Bronx? And then you can also look by the percent receiving antipsychotic drugs or the percent not receiving. So you just click on one of these arrows and you can see from high to low or from low to high what the comparative antipsychotic drugging rate and what the rate is in your nursing home. So we try to make this as easy and usable as possible. Uh, we know people often have residents uh, or family members in other states, so we wanted to provide this nationwide in as usable a format as possible. And again, as I always mention, you are welcome to take any of these data and use them in any way that you think is, is useful to you. You'll see also there's the tab here which gives the name of the state and why, but also we have a notes tab. And that note, those notes tabs, they provide information on what exactly is provided in this data table, as well as, as I mentioned before, a link to the URL, to the website address for Nursing Home Compare. So you're not taking my word for it. You're not saying that, oh, this is something that that LTCCC made up, this comes exactly from the federal data. Now, federal data, there could be problems in reporting, there could be other issues, but again, these are the best data we have. They all come from, from Nursing Home Compare. So I wanted to also provide, so that's some of the antipsychotic drugging. Again, we provide a lot of different information. As I mentioned before, we try to make it as useful as possible by putting out those alerts and giving you a framework when something new comes out. But you can go back and you can look at any time. So here, for instance, that was antipsychotic drugging we just looked at. Here are the staffing hours. So what I did, as I mentioned before, CMS just released those payroll-based journal um, staffing data for the first time in November 1st of this year. What we did is we took for the second quarter of 2017 because that was the last complete quarter that was available at that at this time uh, that was that was reported on the database. We downloaded those data and we averaged them. So here you can see we, this is just for New York, but we've done this for every single state. So you can see the, again the name of the facility. The census, that's a number of residents. Again, these are all averages for the quarter, so that's the average census. The average number of RN hours, the average number of LPN hours, the average number of CNA hours, and then we added, added it up. So we have the total direct care staffing hours per day. So if we look at Elmhurst Care Center, the first one up here, they had 232 residents, average. Um, these are the number, the average number of RN hours, and this is the total. So what you can see, it's just really adding up CNA, LPN, and RNs. How is that meaningful? Well, the way we make it meaningful is we average it in the hours per resident per day. 
as uh, as we noted before, that's what CMS does on Nursing Home Compare, and that's what we do here as well. And again, just to reiterate, this is average for the quarter. So, and the reason why we average it, and the reason why I'm emphasizing that, is because there could be days where a facility is high, there could be days where a facility is low. We average it for the quarter to make sure, as best as possible, that we're providing good insights into what is going on in that facility. So you can see the average staffing hours per resident day for this facility is 2.8. This is, importantly, what the facilities reported through the payroll-based journal for direct care staffing. It does not include the RNs who might be providing other work, might be doing administrative work, et cetera. So that's really what we're focused on. Who is there on the floor providing care for our residents? And then I also included here the average RN hours per resident day. Why? Because as I mentioned before, more and more studies are showing that the RN in and of itself is an important indicator of the quality of care and the safety of residents in facilities. RNs are of the three types of caregivers by far the most expensive, so sometimes a facility, in order to save money, might focus on other, you know, might, might put more lower level staff in as opposed to RNs because it's a way of saving money, and that's why I think we're seeing more studies showing, you know what, you need to have the RNs there. When the RNs are not there, um, too often we see care that does not meet minimum standards of safety and of quality. So this again, just like the other charts, you see these arrows above each column, they can be sorted anyway. So you can sort by name, you can sort by the hours, uh, you can sort by the average staffing per resident day, et cetera. We wanted to make this as useful as possible. Unfortunately, this is something that, that uh, we've not been able to overcome. Uh, CMS, as you can see in the previous chart, let's see if I can go up, here they put the county, they put the zip code, that was with, again, with the drugging rates, they don't do that with the staffing rates. Uh, it would be great if they did, that's something for which we're advocating, but they don't do that. So it makes it a little less easy to identify facilities in your community, especially, you know, if you're a local long-term care ombudsman program, or if you're looking for nursing homes, say, in a specific county, uh, it would be useful if they did that, but they don't. But I just wanted to also explain why we don't have it here. We don't have it here because it is not yet available. I'm going to move a little bit more quickly because I know we're running close to the end of the time, and I uh, appreciate you guys staying on. We have posted in the past, these are nursing homes with what we're calling chronic deficiencies. So in addition to providing information on staffing and information on different quality measures. I mentioned antipsychotic drugging before. We also post pressure ulcer data, for instance. Uh, we, we've also been posting information on nursing home deficiencies in different ways. So last year we posted, this is information that was compiled by Kate Ricks with Voices for Quality Care, and she did this for the Coalition of Quality Care a uh, national consortium of groups like ours that have come together to um, advocate for nursing home residents and residents of other facilities. So we put together, or I should say, you know, we, we paid for this program to be developed, and Kate put these terrific files together. So you can see, this is again as of last year, um, a nursing home with chronic deficiencies is our way of referring to any nursing home that has the same citation, uh, excuse me, has a citation three years in a row for the same standard. Why is this a concern? You know, when nursing homes, in a nutshell, when nursing homes are cited for a deficiency, for substandard care or some other problem, the expectation is that they are going to not only correct that one deficiency, that one citation, but that they are going to put systems in place to ensure that similar problems do not happen again. And I remember what Kate had found that they were seeing that they had nursing homes that had the same citations year after year after year. So again, you know, we put, you know, we, we paid for this program to, to be um, put together, and Kate put together the data from that program. And so we identified, you know, what are the facilities 
that have deficiencies year after year after year. And here, when we did this data last year uh, in this report, we put together some information, as you can see, a fact sheet for consumer advocacy, how to use this. Now, some, you know, you know, nursing home industry, they complain that some of the of the violations, some of the standards are very wide. You know, they, they, it could be a lot of different things. Uh, when you talk about quality of care or resident dignity, a resident dignity standard can mean a lot of different things, whereas a medication error might be something that's much more specific. However, from our perspective, that misses the point. If you have a, are found to have a resident dignity problem, then it's not just that you corrected that problem for Ms. Jones, who maybe was uh, was treated poorly or not given the um, not given the quality of life that she needed. The point is is that you took that and you and you took that and improved the quality of life and made sure that that standard was met across the board for your residents. That is the whole point of the state survey system and the expectations that we have a right to have for our residents. So that's why I thought this was this was so important. This is just one example of the deficiency data that we put together. Uh, just to show you a little bit further what, what Kate did here, so we have here the example of One Nursing Home Absolute Center for Nursing and Rehab. It shows you what the tags were um, and what the description was. So here the facility was found Three times in the, in the last three years, they failed to provide care for residents in a way that maintains or improves their dignity and respect and full recognition of their individuality. So you can see, and you can look up these data for your state or for your nursing home. So I'm going to move along um, pretty quickly here to answer questions. I thank everyone for joining us today. If you are a long-term care ombudsman volunteer in New York State, please notice on the lower left-hand side, you can take a survey and we will alert your supervisor in your local program that you took this program. Many programs are providing credit for in-service, for some of their in-service trainings for attending these programs. And then also, if you are a family member in New York State, um, we, we, uh, encourage you to join the Alliance of New York Family Councils. It's anyfc.org. And I'm going to open it up for questions now. So if you have a question, please press star six to open up your line. And I'm going to see if anyone asked any questions on the sidebar. Uh, so a couple of questions here. Uh, someone asked, what criteria results in a citation is issued? Well, the criteria are the nursing home standards. So we actually have a lot of uh, resources and materials on our website on what those site on what those standards are, and the facility is responsible for meeting this federal standards, which is the minimum standards of care and safety. And then, in addition to that, many states have their own standards in regards to uh, to nursing home care. As I've mentioned in other programs, I encourage you to visit again our YouTube page. And our, uh, and our website for some of those programs. The states can have additional requirements for nursing homes, but no state is allowed to have less requirements um, than the federal requirements. So, for instance, many states now have a staffing standard. Actually, about three-fifths of the states have a set number of staff that nursing homes must have. That is not a federal requirement. The federal requirement is that the nursing homes have sufficient staff. Uh, so in fact, a nursing home in a state that has both a certain level, say it's 3.5 hours of direct care staff time, and they have to do both. They have to meet those 3.5 hours, and they also have to have sufficient care staff to meet the needs of their residents. Next question, are the complaints that are counted on the website only through the Department of Health or what other agencies are calculated. So these are only complaints that have been sent to the Department of Health. Now I know a lot of people that we talk to, they um, frankly are discouraged when they call up the Department of Health and they're, because they feel like those, uh, their, their concerns and their questions are not responded to uh, in a way that is effective. And I understand that. I think this really shows though that in making sure, you know, iterating, iterating a complaint and making a complaint to the Department of Health is important. 
And in addition, you can make a complaint to the Medicaid Fraud Control Unit. Um, you can look that up online, but every state except for North Dakota has a Medicaid Fraud Control Unit, and they also are charged with taking complaints from residents and addressing to make sure that residents are providing care to meet minimum standards. But again, it's really up to the State Department of Health, the state survey agencies, to ensure that residents are protected, to, com to take complaints and respond to them. I know that there's um, oftentimes problems with that, but that is, uh, in fact, the first line of defense. So I'm going to open it up in case anyone has any other questions. Okay. Well, thank you for those who wrote in questions. If you have any comments, they are always welcome. You can send us an email at info at ltccc.org. Uh, this will be posted uh, as a recording on our YouTube page uh, later this week, and the PowerPoint is already present is already posted. Excuse me on our website, nursinghome411.org. I really appreciate you joining us today, and I wish you all a very happy holiday and New Year. Thank you so much. Uh, again, here's uh, just lastly, our next program will be on January 16th, and it will be on the new nursing home survey, what to expect when your nursing home is inspected. And uh, many of you know the entire nursing home survey system was changed across the country as of November 28th of this year. So if there's a new survey in place, we're going to talk about that and some of the protocols. Uh, but again, I thank you for joining us today. Oh, I just want to make sure that there's one more question. I think, oh, oh, thank you, Marie. Marie said, great job. Thanks so much. Again, I appreciate all of you joining us, and I wish you a happy and healthy new year.